Welcome to episode 103 of the CGM podcast. It's 103 episodes. Yay. Hooray. Brendan and Wayne are in Vegas doing something. Hopefully blowing strippers. So I'm working the soundboard this week. What kind of strip show do you think they're going to? A good one? Not there's anything wrong with that. I think they're actually going to see Penn and Teller while they're down there. So they're going to blow Penn and Teller. Ew. <laughs> Just be accurate. I said blow and strippers, meaning coke oh, and strippers, not blowing I strippers. Were, I thought it was, could just what, say they're going to snort the strippers? Bad. What? We could just say they're doing Vegas stuff. They're doing Vegas, no, which is blowing strippers. <laughs> it's Vegas stuff. And gambling. It's implied. What happens yeah. in Vegas stays in your bloodstream. <laughs> there you go. So instead of Wayne this week, we have our new intern, Cody Orm. Hello. He will be uh, joining us this week and giving us some of the news. He does a lot of the news on our site as well. Writing a lot of news the last two weeks. Yeah, and you also wrote the HTC One review, the battle cards thing. You've been doing a lot while you're here. I've been busy. There you, you go. Been keeping you working. Yeah. Yeah, and across from him is Alex Leach, our mountain man. Hey. Who was actually in the office all day today. All day today. Doing wonderful videos for people to watch of wonderful. Warframe, right? Warframe, Project Zomboid. Uh, there's a few other things that'll come up. And there might be some videos in the future. Who knows? And we have Phil, of course. Jeez, don't be so excited. The cinema Phil. <laughs> cinema Phil. Call, Nick, call, say it right. He's important. I call him the filmophile Phil. No, you don't. I do when you're not around. Actually, whenever we use the social media, I do call you uh, filmo- filmophile Phil. Yeah. Well, but you never see it. That's a mouthful. All right, let's start off with some of the news, Cody. Yeah, um, I think the big story of the week was uh, Nintendo's Direct a couple days ago for the Super Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. There's, uh, they showed off a lot of, um, of some of the, what they've been working on and uh, they gave us a release window for both. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised yeah. they're being released separately. It's I'm not. Yeah. It's 3DS first and then Wii U. Yeah, the then, 3DS yeah. has a larger install base so it makes sense to ship that one first. Yeah wouldn't want the Wii U to get overshadowed, Yeah, right? I just thought they were supposed to interact with each other, so it would make sense to put them both out at the same time. They're supposed to, and um, they, they spoke a bit about that. They said a bit of uh, that, but um, they didn't say how. They just said it will. So it's going to be interesting to see how that's going to actually work out. Yeah, well, I remember hearing very early on their discussion at one point about it being Smash, and Wii U Smash Bros. You can, like, create your own and design your own character, who can then be transferred over to the Wii U version. That would be pretty cool. That exists. Really? I remember hearing that I mean, a long time ago in a very rumory-esque way, yeah. so I, oh. would, I would not necessarily quote me on that. Do you think it would be something like you can use your, your me? Mm. That would be pretty cool. Exactly. I think somebody's got to have some oversight to prevent that from being abused, though. Yeah. Um, well, they're, they're, that was another thing they spoke about. There's a lot of... Um, they're, they're, they're implementing some rules... Some uh, like a code of conduct. Code of conduct. Well, yeah, of course Nintendo is. They're they're kind of trying to they're kind of con- always control how they're portrayed, how they show up in the media. And I don't think that's a bad thing. No, it isn't. Uh, you don't want to be known for the guys who, known as the guys who have a bunch of dicks running around their games, like walking. Yeah, I used to play a lot of uh, Counter Strike Source, and those guys can get nasty sometimes. Yeah, you just you, you kill someone too many times, and they just get angry. And, uh, yeah, no, so it's, that's good to see that you can go in and it's going to be, it'll still be competitive because it's Super Smash Brothers and that's a, that's a game that's played in competitions, mm-hmm. but um, 
it'll be more of a healthy competition instead of um, just nasty online gamers. Oh yeah, you don't you don't want that kind of uh, vitriol to, to bleed over because you know the insults are part of it are part of the fucking yeah. game. Yeah, like it, you, you mentality. Keep, you 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 should keep a bit of a you know it, it's fun to talk smack, but mm. do it in a respectful way. You know, don't uh, you don't need to be the stereotypical you know pre pre pubescent Call of Duty. Racist, gamer. homophobic stuff all yeah, over the place. Yeah, you don't need that kind of stuff, you know? Like, it's it's supposed to be a fun place for everyone to play. And I like that Nintendo's kind of taking a step in the right direction, policing that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what, what's also really good is that they've been lenient. So bans are temporary. You're not gone forever, that kind of stuff. So that's good to see, too. So you get, you get more chances. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, another cool piece... Uh, Samus uh, will have two playable characters. It used to be, um, I don't know, did you play the last Super Smash Bros. game? Yeah, I could, played uh, a special attack would remove her suit. Yeah, exactly. She'd be Zero Suit Samus. So yeah. Zero Suit Samus is now a playable character on her own. Samus won't lose her suit after she uses her final smash. Um, and same with Zelda. Zelda and Sheik are now two separate characters as well. That's cool. I like that. I, I think um, it makes... It's better to have two good characters than, or four good characters than two half good characters. You're absolutely right. Like having it locked so that you're having one character and you have to switch sort of a style. Exactly. Like that when no one else has that. Especially Zelda and Sheik, they're so different. You know, they, it's it's good to see that they're they're going to be more in line with certain play styles. Mm-hmm. And Charizard's going to be a uh, a playable character on his own too. On his own, yeah. So you don't have to worry about trying to go through Squirtle and <laughs> Bulbasaur. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I actually really really like the Smash Brothers series. Super Smash Bros is so fun. Yeah. I don't know about Phil though. I he's supposed to be a Nintendo nerd, and I don't even know if he's interested. I love the Smash Brothers series. Are you, is this going to make you buy a Wii U? Well, I mean, I can still use the Office one, right? <laughs> Maybe. And probably not. <laughs> probably not. I won't tell well, Nintendo the, you said that. That's the big question, though. Like, will that be enough for Nintendo to finally start going in the right direction, right? Yeah. Well, I think they've got a lot of ground to catch up on on that. If I weren't in poverty, I would have one. I picked one up, and I really like it, but there, there is a clear lack of content, and it is yeah. affecting. That's the only problem thus far. All the games that I played for it, I have quite enjoyed, particularly the first party, uh, party ones. I think they've done some good stuff, but nothing's been, there hasn't been enough, and nothing's been particularly groundbreaking. It's all been pretty safe stuff so far, and I can see why that hasn't really attracted um, a, a large new market to it. It's a shame, because I do think, I think there's potential there. I have a feeling that at E3 this year, they're going to announce a whack ton of uh, material is going to come up for that. You but. think they're actually going to do a, a legitimate E3 press conference this year? Whether they actually do it at E3 or their own private one, I have no idea, but I have a feeling that they're sitting on some big stuff that they've been developing for a while because I find it hard to believe that everything we've seen so far is their A game. It doesn't seem like them. Well, I feel like the games that Nintendo has released has been, they've all been very high quality. <laughs> Mm-hmm. well polished and you get that sort of polish from Nintendo games and mm-hmm. it seems like they always have that extra layer of not quality but 
Of course, but there's nothing that's been released for it thus far that has only that I couldn't have seen also being a Wii game, slightly downgraded in the graphics yeah. department, and they're normally very good about uh, catering their current generation software to their current ge- generation of hardware in a way that feels new and different from their previous systems. So that's been really disappointing, and I find it hard to believe that there isn't that this is the best they can do. I'm, I'm certain that they have stuff well, they better that they're sitting on. It's still a very like it's still a relatively young console though. Absolutely, I think they deliver. I think they put it out uh, early to beat the other two systems of the rush, not because it was ready. Oh yeah, definitely for sure. And I remember hearing like, oh, we had all that they had all this all these games lined up, and then mm. it launched and there was nothing there. Yeah, and it's like they said they learned their lesson from 3ds, which had the same issue, mm. and it seems like they just didn't. No, they did the same thing again. But I think, all, but at the same time, um, like you say, their games all have a very uh, a strong, high degree of polish and quality. Refined. And I would prefer they take their time, and I get a bunch of good games that they've perfected and gotten ready to be and gotten ready to put out there, versus uh, them rushing things out that aren't ready. Because everything I've played so far felt to me like upgraded Wii games. Like obviously, Pikmin Three was. Yeah. And uh, that I mean they were very open about that. I think the fact that uh, the new Donkey Kong Country, much as I loved it, the fact that it didn't use the screen at all, um, pretty much guaranteed that it was designed for the Wii, and they just gave it a last-minute graphics polish. I don't know if that's the case. I think Nintendo's kind of realized that they can't just push gimmicks like that, you know? Yeah. It, It worked with the Wii because the Wii was something completely different than what people were playing. The Wii U tablet, the the gamepad, isn't as different as what you'd normally play on it's just mm-hmm. another screen and a lot of times you don't really need it like it was it was good for something like legend of zelda where mm-hmm. your screen's not cluttered, cluttered up you have everything on that on your controller you can just look and drag and everything yeah i know i just find it hard to believe that they decided to base an entire system around that without any actual plan for how to implement it that doesn't seem like that i believe it i believe that really because the, so. the ds uses the touchscreen pretty da- pretty gosh darn well it does. It, it does seem seamless. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if they, they had, like, a, a rough idea of what they wanted, but they weren't sure how they were going to use it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I find it hard to believe that, it, it, like I said, just everything that I've played for it so far feels like it's something that started development for the week. So how would you think that Smash Bros. would utilize the gamepad? I don't know. We're going to see. I mean, clearly the 3DS is going to be incorporated in some way, so I think that's going to probably work as an alternative controller um i don't know i wouldn't i mean again that seems like a game that won't necessarily incorporate it but i feel like they must have games coming up that will because even in that like uh, nintendo land game there were some really creative uses of the second screen for multiplayer that i really enjoyed and i find it hard to believe that they don't have other ideas like that it seems silly that they would create an entire system for one uh, collection of mini games and then abandon it Really, that seems odd to you? Like, they wouldn't have done that? Yeah, that's it, right. It, it seems very Nintendo-ish. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of. Really? Very, very Virtual Boy. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but that's that Virtual Boy was different. That was a secondary console. All the early consoles, they had stuff. What about, like, the Wii Mini? Where did that come from? But that, was, that wasn't a new console. That no, was but it was still just a Wii. weird... That was just Nintendo's last grasp at that market yeah it was a canada exclusive you know what though um i i work part-time at a 
department store. Okay. I'm not gonna say where, mm-hmm. but um, I've I've seen a lot of parents. I've seen a lot of parents come in, um, and they didn't get a Wii U. They got the Wii Mini, even though I tried to tell them, you know, the the Wii U is probably the better bet for you because you can play all your Wii games. And they're like, no, this one's you know ninety nine ninety nine. Comes with Mario Kart. That's all we need. So they they knew who they were catering to, and people bought it. So well, apparently, did it okay, but it just seems kind of odd. That's pretty standard at the end of consoles. Remember, there was the miniature PS2 and miniature PS1. Yeah, yeah, the PS3 I guess, yeah, has a streamlined. 12 gig unit yeah. now too. That's just that's, cl- that's classic and a console. One more problem. I think it was more the Canadian unit. exclusiveness of it that yeah, I was, was just like, what? Bizarre. It was very bizarre. I think Who does anything? The Great yeah. White North. Yeah, that was, that was probably a market research thing. Market was saturated. The Canadians aren't playing the Wii enough. Makes me wonder if, um, like, sometime down the line, how valuable the Wii Mini would be. If at all. Uh, if so at what, all. You're going to see this on eBay? Just being... Yeah, like, you know, because games are, like, classic games and consoles are judged by their rarity. And if this is only released in one part of the world, I, I'd assume it would be pretty rare. Mm. I could be we'll wrong. See, I guess. All right. It's a weird, strange market. We'll have to see. Yeah, exactly. But in conclusion, since I was right. rudely attacked for not owning a Wii U, not I can rudely, sure I, I was asking. At this point, if I didn't have access, I was. Sure, I would have bought one. Oh, so we're enabling you to not buy one? That's is what correct. you're saying? That's correct. I see. You're I part see. Of the problem. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm promoting them constantly. It's game, true. Nonstop. Every time a game comes out, I say how great it is. When I'm faced with a table full of people claiming that Nintendo doesn't know what they're doing with the gamepad, hey, man, I, I'm I, the only voice saying yes. They I do. actually own a Wii U, so you can't say you're the only voice. I actually went out and spent the money. I know. I know you didn't. Good for you, Mel. I know, right? Yeah. I, I, it's getting better. I'm getting games now. I'm a little happier. There's a little happier. Stuff. Donkey Kong is fantastic. Donkey Kong is fantastic. And I'm sure the new Mario Kart's going to be fun. Yeah, and, and Smash Brothers. Even if it's horrible, I'll still enjoy it. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. It's not going to be horrible. They, they've only they've gotten better with every single one of those. And they've deliberately well, only and they've deliberately taken a long time off yeah, the two. The Smash Brothers on the on the Wii though, the only problem with it was the online was atrocious. Yeah, but I don't, Absolutely I, don't, atrocious. I, don't, I don't to be honest with you, I don't do a lot of online. I do because then my friends don't want to play Smash Brothers. Yeah, well, then fight That's more the fun to play together though. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So in the same room. Local multiplayer is great for uh, great for fighting games. Yeah, but if you don't if you don't have friends who want to play in the same well, room, get with some you. friends. Fight the computer, Mal. That's not fun. Yeah, it is. It's, it's fun not really beating up fun. little kids I'd, across I'd say the it's world. Fun. I, I, I play against the computer all the time. Did you all play right. the story mode? God, that was good. Actually, you I don't think I did. It's fantastic. They I might have. I think I side scrolling beat 'em up, and it actually worked. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think I did awesome. actually try that was it. Yeah, fantastic. It was like a whole second game that I didn't know was on the disc for like six months. <laughs> you know, it really blew my mind all over my face. You know what's really cool about the 3DS version? Um, the is it called the Smash Run? Yeah, it looks pretty neat. That actually. looks really cool. I and wish they had brought that to the Wii U version. Yeah, I wonder why they didn't. Because that seems, sure. like, seems like a pretty simple thing sure they could have done. Have their own exclusive stuff, and also they're going to interact. Maybe if you have the 3DS controller, you can do that attack that you can't otherwise. Yeah, it, it just seemed. It seems like that that would be really fun to play, and I want to play the the 3DS version a little more just because that mode looks so cool mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know it's a uh, you get five minutes to collect a bunch of power-ups and weapons and stuff kind of like a metrovania metroidvania style gameplay and then once five minutes are up you fight 
everyone who was trying to collect those power-ups too. So you have like a beefed up Pikachu or something mm-hmm. with, who's faster and stronger than he normally would be. Mm. It's just bulked up Pikachu who looks like he's been uh, pumping steroids in. Yeah, exactly. And I wonder if there's like a type of strategy you could implement there where, you know, you could just, someone who's fast like Pikachu could keep, you could just be so fast you can't touch him. But then yeah. you easily fall off an edge or something like that because you just won't be able to control him. Sounds like there's spreadsheets involved. Like, you can just make, like, an entire layout of this entire itinerary to what you can do to get the most powerful of any character. Strategically playing Super Smash Brothers? Yeah. That sounds like that would take too much time. It, they, <laughs> if it works for Pokemon's EV trainers, it works for a fighting game. That's true. Mm-hmm. All right, Joe, do you, uh, do, you, do you have any more news stories? Um, there's I mean, a, another Nintendo Direct conference. Yeah, that one's really... Today, mm-hmm. today it was very weird. Japanese-esque? Yeah, um, Tamadachi Life. That um, mm. it's it's kind of a uh, Nintendo Sims esque game where you just you, you you have me and you live his life, live his or her life. Sorry, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, you can get friends with Street Pass or you can just import them in and stuff like that. And you just watch them do their thing. They they dream, they fight, they become friends break up stuff like that it's it's just it looked really 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 weird um their presentation was all weird didn't they have this one part where they're dancing around using Prage the virtual boy yeah um all hail the virtual boy i, I thought nintendo was trying to forget, forget about that but apparently they're embracing it now um yeah there's so many good just little snippets you can take away from it that were just hilarious yeah, I saw it on the office uh, overhead uh, during the day, and it's just like, I'm just watching, and I'm going, this is, a, is this a game? This is a like, thing is, that's is happening. Is this something that is actually going to happen? <laughs> is, are they going to sell this to people? Yeah. Um, I thought it was a YouTube thing. Yeah, it looked like that, because the whole presentation, almost the whole presentation, was done like a newscast by um, uh, a me. Mm-hmm. And his voice, because you can you can uh, adjust your me's voice too, because they they talk, and it was this really weird Microsoft Sam sounding thing with a little bit of a higher pitch. Okay, it was really cool. Um, I'm gonna have to see how that plays out because it's something weird, something weird like that, you know. It has a novelty value. Might not sell all that well. I think it would do really well in Japan. Oh, it's gonna—it's totally gonna do well in Japan. I'm—I'm yeah. I'm not entirely sure if I'm gonna get it. It seems cool, but I don't know if I could. If I—I I don't know if I could see myself playing that more than once. Yeah, it's not really something like if you played The Sims, it sounds like you played this kind of game before. It seems like The Sims, if like they just made it even crazier than it already is mm-hmm. it seems pretty nuts yeah exactly that's the thing like it was just so out there and it makes me wonder why they made an entire direct for it it wasn't that long it was like 15 minutes but like mm-hmm. it's, it makes me wonder why why highlight this game so much especially just a couple days after the smash bros one i don't know maybe they just wanted to see if they can get a game out and hyped as possible this scene if like yeah. how the hype train actually works i think they're also probably very aware that uh, there aren't many new Nintendo games and they just want to let yeah, people know that, that there is something. There's something to get. Yeah, but the 3DS has such a big library. I don't think they should be worrying about that market too much, right? Well, that's their most successful one. That, yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
And you know, you gotta have something, right? You can't be, you can't be losing money on it. You can't just not produce anything of note. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like I bought my 3DS last year, two years ago, mm-hmm. somewhere around that time. And I, I feel like there's tons of stuff that I've missed out on still. And I, I try to keep up to date on everything. So for someone like me, that's that game's going to be way down on the list. But, you know, for someone who's who buys every game, that might be on their radar. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Cody. Yeah, no problem. Phil, yes. would you like to tell us about the movies? I do. I have a lot. I have a bunch of uh, comic and movie-related news. Sounds good for this week. Okay, first up, right off the bat, Mel, you wrote about this. What? Comic. Comic. Character gonna die. Character? Oh, Archie. Yes. No, Ar- yeah. Ar- Archie. Archie's gonna die. Archie is gonna die, yeah. but it's in the future, so they can still continue on the Archie series. Oh, of course they are. They already said Lena Dunham already signed that. on to write. Archie run. No, I, I wrote about it on my Facebook. Oh, okay. I shared your yeah, news post. Yeah. I saw a bit of this on the news. Yeah, this is just classic publicity baiting. Um, it sounds like more of the struggle between the creators. Yeah. Also, like, anyone really care about Archie? My no. dad does. Really? My dad, <laughs> like, he buys almost every issue when it comes out. Yeah. I really? Don't yeah. That's he, cute. Like, every... Every time we're in Walmart, it's waiting in line or whatever. He'll he'll grab an Archie. He'll comic? grab an Archie comic and That's buy awesome. it and stuff. I I don't I don't know. I'm not a huge fan, but mm-hmm. there there are people out there. I'm glad to hear that because well, I, I thought there was no one. Um, but I read it a bunch when I was a kid, and it never changes. Like you read from the 50s, you read from the 90s, you read from the 2000s. It's yeah. exactly the same. Well, I think that's what's going on right now. They're trying to do drastic changes. They're, just, they're, killing, they're doing the Death of Archie. They've been doing the Archie versus Zombies storyline for a little while. Yeah, I heard about that. There's a lot of real desperate... Yeah, that's right, Mel. Uh, yeah, like Archie versus <laughs> Zombies? Oh, yeah, Jughead got his brain eaten out. Is it really dark? That's, yeah, definitely. I mean, but like dark comedic. But I, like, I, yeah, I think they're just desperately trying to get attention to Archie because I think unsurprisingly uh, the Archie market... Is not doing well um, as to whether or not it will work. Who knows? But hey, they got Archie uh, in the headlines for the first time, I mean, ever, probably. For the first time since at least like the 60s or 70s, maybe. Yeah, if that. If newspapers wrote about Archie, then I have a feeling that they probably didn't. Okay, so uh, moving on from Archie. No, I just have one thing to say about Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. What do you have to say about Archie? I think the whole, th- I think the whole idea that they're going to kill him off, but it's going to be set in the future, is is so pointless it's absolutely ridiculous because it's just the case of it's not going to have any meaningful impact on the comic yeah it's not going to have any meaningful impact on anyone else yeah. at the very most they're going to make a bunch of, bunch of jokes about mainstream comics and the fact that everyone dies off and comes back to life yeah it seems like that's just what they're setting up to it and it's just like I understand why this is in the news but I don't think this is newsworthy in the, in the, the slightest it doesn't mix anything up it doesn't make Archie relevant it doesn't fix the underlying problem that this is something from the 50s that hasn't grown out of the 50s. Yeah. Something I wanted to know was um, the series that he's going to die in, does it have a specific year, like time frame that it's in? I have no idea. It just says sometime after, well, I heard it was like sometime after he's graduated and stuff. Because it makes me wonder, when we actually reach that point in like actual time, hmm. does, does that... Does it become that gonna, dated? Yeah, does it, does it affect this storyline well does it affect it with any uh, movie or tv series yeah I, I think it's safe to say they will never catch up with this timeline it's i think it's basically an elseworlds okay. archie elseworlds mm-hmm. is what we're dealing with now um and uh yeah i mean like i understand 
your complaint, I just feel like, yeah, like you said, this is this happens constantly. Yeah, it just finally happened with Archie, and I've just come to accept it as part of how comic books work. You got to get attention. A death is an easy one, but at the same time, you got to maintain status quo. So he's going to come back. I just don't understand why people are paying attention to it. It just doesn't seem like something that's really. Amusing, I think because it's an amusing story. Archie's, I think Archie's pretty popular with an older demographic. Yeah. And that's who you see talking about it. Yeah. Um, he's Archie was a very big comic series. It's mm-hmm. not so much anymore, but it still is popular enough mm-hmm. that, and he's an iconic character. Mm-hmm. He's Archie. Mm-hmm. You see a picture of him, you know who he is. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it's a big deal. Okay. I mean, I it, it is that. a manufactured news story, certainly. Oh, but I sure. totally understand why it worked. Well, kudos on them for uh, getting some more attention on Archie. I mean, like when Damien, uh, when Grant Morrison killed off Damien Robin uh, last year, that was a major news event, and I don't think anyone knew who Damien was that was reading about it. Mm-hmm. That's just just how it goes. It worked. They got the headlines. Good for Archie. Um, so, next uh, next up, um, what are we going to go with here? Okay, so, um, uh, in, a, uh, in a dick-slinging move... Uh, Marvel ha- is announced that they're going to open the next Captain America movie on the same day as Batman vs. Superman. Oh, oh wow. really? Shots yes. fired. Yes, which I find hilarious, and I look forward to uh, Marvel beating, uh, beating DC, so the lessons can be learned. Oh, you're, you're going to go see Captain? I mean, I'm going to go see both of them. Yeah? Yeah, there's no, it's as simple as that. But, um, but I have a ve- I have feeling. I, I have a feeling that yeah, what that's going to beat out. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, but I like I like the brazenness, and uh, I enjoy the little publicity swell that we're going to get out of that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised simply because uh, the Batman vs Superman movie keeps getting endlessly delayed anyway. If they end up moving that release date, um, but uh, it was I was really amused when that happened. It'd be and funny I if it gets if Batman Superman gets delayed and. Then Marvel all of a sudden oh, is there Cap, Cap's delayed now. You That'd can't escape us. <laughs> That'd be great. Just Captain America's just chasing Batman. You have to release it eventually. <laughs> Batman's just Batman and Superman are just running away and just just giant Captain America's chasing after them. You cannot escape me. <laughs> and it is also amazing that the infinitely less popular Captain America has a very good chance of beating both Batman and Superman, which would be impossible in any other medium. But that's just what a terrible job Warner Brothers is doing with their reinvented DC. Marvel has a better track record. I don't think it's Marvel doing a terrible job. DC. DC. Or sorry, DC, sorry. Marvel Warner Brothers, just, rather. Yeah. Marvel's doing Marvel's a good job. Marvel's just been doing such a... Yeah, that's They're what I meant to say. It. I don't think Warner Brothers is doing a bad job. I think Marvel's just doing a great job. Uh, I know. I think Warner Brothers is doing a terrible job. You think so? Job. Oh, They're doing a pretty God, bad job. Yeah. Man of Steel was horrible, and this whole I thing's been Man a cluster field, so, cluster fuck, so that's Well, so even far. if you enjoyed it, it's still a fl- I, feel, I still think it's a flawed movie. I haven't seen it yet, so I can't really say. Oh, but you just did. But I just did. From everything I've seen of it, I have, I have seen of it. It doesn't look particularly good. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I thought it was pretty awful. But I also am not a huge Superman fan, and I also just think that the idea—it's it, one thing to do the Chris Nolan 
serious, flawed, dramatic Batman that's a character sustains it. It's quite a Superman that's very inappropriate. And to do that with the entire like I could I really don't want to see a gritty Wonder Woman movie. I really don't. No, but I'm gonna have to. Probably gonna and go. That would probably go places it doesn't yeah. have to go. And let's not forget, they also did the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie. Um, and so yeah, so that's happening um, in non-comic book related, just pure geeky movie news. Uh, this week, Richard Donner, uh, director Richard Donner, who made uh, the original Superman, the Good Superman, mm-hmm. and uh, also uh, Scrooge and the Omen, and what this story relates to, the Goonies has announced that they are planning on making Goonies 2. Um, wow. Closer to the mic, dude. Closer to the mic. Calling you out on air. There okay, you okay. You. Can you hear me better now? Yes. Okay. So, yeah. Behind the scenes, guys. <laughs> so that could entirely be happening, which I find hilarious. Does um, it need to happen? No, what absolutely not. It would be the uh, the old Goonies gang getting back together and their kids getting up into trouble. I think oh. that's pretty well guaranteed. God, that, that sounds, sounds just like That just sounds like we need money, let's make a sequel now. And play off people's nostalgia. The same thing they've been doing for the last five years or more. Yeah, more than five it, years for sure. No, but just in terms of move, in terms of just making like, yeah, revisits like to old movies. Kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we don't need it. That's we, exactly it. But I have to admit, I would kind of like to see what the Goonies look like. That's how they get you. Adults dressed up now. That's how, that's how they get you. Yeah, it, but you don't go to any movies. I, I, I go to some. No, you I don't. Just see yes, this I do. Like, <laughs> I just, just see not the ones like you told me to go to. Mm-hmm. I could see this just ending up like grown-ups. Oh, God. No, like, just not yeah, I know. good adults trying to be young again. I'd just be of. intrigued to see if they could actually get Josh Brolin to do it at this point. Everyone else's career. I mean, Corey Feldman, like, that's going to be hard to get him to sign on. <laughs> but, like, I'd be interested. But Josh Brolin's the sort of uh, ringer in that one. If they can get him, it would be weird. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence on that. I obviously think it's a terrible idea, but... Um, I can't pretend I wouldn't be very curious to see how that could possibly turn out. Also, Richard Donner hasn't made a, <laughs> a movie, much less a good movie, in quite some time. However, he could just be saying that. they've. Uh, this has been discussed before. It's pretty well been discussed since 1985, and I doubt it will actually happen. Uh, in good news of movies being turned down... Um, uh, the uh, Lego movie directors, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, were offered Ghostbusters 3, and they said, no, please go away. Thank you. And I was very pleased by that. Um, I think, unfortunately, at this point now that uh, Harold Ramis has passed, uh, Bill, they've just accepted that Bill Murray's not involved, and Ivan Reitman says he's going to not, not, not have nothing to do with it. The only person that's really uh, standing in the way of a Ghostbusters 3 getting made is Dan Aykroyd, and it's very clear that he will make anything that is related to his past successes. So I think we are going to see it. Um, I'm relieved these guys aren't going to do it simply because... I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's impossible to make a good new Ghostbusters movie simply because the concept's so strong. I just don't... I just Why would you bother when you have to compete with the original Ghostbusters? Not to mention the fact that Ghostbusters 2, with the entire same creative team, wasn't fantastic. Anyways... So, um, well, yeah. So they've it's too late. Them. I think it's just too late for Ghostbusters at this point. Mm-hmm. It's, it's still popular, though. People well, love it. It's still popular, but we had a video game. I mm-hmm. we, had a, we could have other stuff, involve, other media involving that, where it doesn't involve this, having to recapture the same formula as the movie. Mm-hmm. Something comics? where comics were worth. We've done that. Worth. There have been comics. I'd be, I'd be interested to see it. I, I, 
like, it wasn't that long ago where they, there was like serious talks that it was going to happen. They've been talking about it about every five years since Ghostbusters 2. At least. That's, that's not... It's just their internet wasn't around the last times. It would, it, would be, it would be interesting to see if they could get, you know, most of the original people involved. Obviously, that's not possible anymore, but... Um, yeah, it you're basically be... down to Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson. <laughs> well, I don't know. Bill Murray keeps... He's not going to do it. No, he keeps, he keeps teasing it. And Rick yeah, Moranis is retired, just flat out. He's yeah. retired. Oh, yeah. No more Honey, I Shrunk Anything movie. Haven't you noticed he yeah, hasn't done, done anything, anything in a long, long time? time? I no. just thought he wasn't getting work. No, he, he's a country music star now. That's what he does. Really? Oh, yeah. He releases his own country music albums with oh, no so humor whatsoever. I'm looking this up when I get home. Yeah, don't. You'll just be heartbroken. Um, mm-hmm. So anyways, that the Ghostbusters 3 saga continues. I'm not holding my breath, but we know it won't be the Lego guys, and that's for the best. So that's it for me on the news front. All right, Phil, thank you for that. But we'd also like to hear about uh, what you saw this That's week. That's cor- uh, Right, 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 right. Okay. What did you see this week? I've got two movies to discuss this week. The first one is The Raid 2, um, which is, surprisingly, the sequel to The Raid 1. And yeah. I know, right? Um, if, you ha- if you haven't seen The Raid 1, it was an amazing action movie from Indonesia made by a British director who went over to Indonesia to make a documentary about a fight school. Uh, found an incredible wealth of talent at said fight school and has been living there ever since, making action movies with them. And he's just keeps getting better and better. The first raid was a sort of claustrophobic, diehard type, all in, all in one building uh, action film. It, uh, it says in the box that it's one minute of setup and 99 uh, minutes of pure action. That's not, that's not quite accurate, but it's damn close. And that was the best part about it was it's so efficient. And all, not to mention the fact that Gareth Evans is rather extraordinary at crafting action scenes. Now, The Raid 2 has been marketed as not marketed, but there's been a lot of chatter about how it starts two hours after the original movie. Uh, that's true, but it's cool. it, it only does that uh, to kill off pretty well everyone except the main character and then jump ahead two years um it's uh so it's kind of not really but anyway um it's um yeah weirdly this time he's decided to transform the franchise into a crime epic like heat so it's a big long sweeping sort of gangster saga in which our hero from the last one is sent to prison to befriend the son of a major crime boss to then get into that crime syndicate and learn as much as he can about the competing crime syndicates in the major city. It's a bit convoluted. The movie runs two and a half hours long, which is too long. It is so the main strength of the original being how tight and small constructed it is is uh, a complete non-starter here. And uh, definitely the first half hour or so can be a bit awkward. However, as I said before, Gareth Evans is probably the greatest action director we have right now, and with the increased budget that he had going and going, basically he sold the remake right for the raid to have the full budget to finance his raid sequel, which in Indonesia meant it's the most expensive movie ever made, and Indonesia does not have uh, things like, say, safety regulations or uh, stuntmen who are concerned about safety regulations so they do some absolutely insane things in this i'd say the highs of this movie are definitely higher than the original there's a car chase it's pretty much unlike anything i've seen people jumping from car to car with no visible safety concerns the last 45 minutes to an hour is basically one long action scene with our hero uh fighting pretty well every gangster in the city um as i said before some of the crime drama stuff when it's a bit more serious can be a bit tedious but the movie, when the movie is at its best, it's when either people are being killed 
excuse me, or there's a sense of humor. There are two characters named Baseball Boy and Hammer Girl, so named after their favorite weapons that are absolutely hilarious, and I really hope get a spinoff film. Mm. And, um, yeah, what I think is most amazing about Gareth Evans' action direction is that he sort of combines a lot of really uh, great things that we like about action movies. He sort of has a group of people who are incredibly talented at choreography and they have, uh, so it creates these very elaborate fight scenes, but at the same time they fight with full contact, so it never feels like a sort of ballet, like Crouching Tiger, and also Gareth Evans is equally interested in sort of brutal crime dramas and horror films, so all the violence is a very intense, dark physical element to it as well. Um, It's very gory. Um, it's just, yeah, it's a pure thrill ride. I find it hard to believe that there will be better action scenes in any movie that comes out this summer. They are that good. It is not as good as the first one because it is a bit too long and ungangly, but I admire the ambition, and it's just the difference between a great action movie as opposed to one of the greatest action movies ever made. So um, do definitely t- uh, check it out. It opens in, like, Toronto and Vancouver, places like that this weekend. It'll be rolling out after that, and I'm, and I'm sure will be on Netflix and streaming services before the summer is out. So that's excellent. And then the second one I took a look at is Oculus, a new independent horror film that I saw back at... I want to see this. Yeah, it's great. It's a new horror film I saw back at the Toronto Film Festival. Basic concept is a... um, A guy is in a mental institution. He was in prison there for, as a child, uh, shooting his father in the face because his father killed his mother. Um, he's been there since then. He gets out. His sister picks him up. And the sister is like, you don't remember anything, do you? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And basically, over the, when he showed up, he was ranting about how there was this evil mirror in their house that possessed his father and possessed his mother. And he was trying to beat the demon within said mirror, not kill his father. Over decades of therapy, he's been told that isn't true. However, his sister, in the, in, meaning, in the intervening time, has been researching uh, this evil demon mirror that's been around for centuries and and plans on locking the two of them in the house with the mirror on the anniversary of their mother's death with a bunch of cameras to try and prove that this mirror was evil. He didn't actually murder his parents. And that's our basic setup. So That sounds a lot like paranormal activity. A little too much. What are you talking about? You know, trapped in a house with a bunch of cameras... Oh, I see. It sounds like mirrors to me. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a bunch of elements of various ghost story films we've seen before. Um, it's not a fan footage, thank God. Thank God. Good, um, good. There we are, need less of that. There are little elements of that, um, and they do good scares with it. I don't think fan footage should die, but I do think it should be kept back on. Um, it should die. Basically, uh, it takes a little while to get going, and the lead actors are not the greatest in the world, but the beauty of it is you sort of see... The reason it takes so long to get set up is that you see both... You're constantly cutting between the uh, son, the brother and sister in the modern day in the house trying to, do the, uh, trying to unlock the mirror with flashbacks to when they were kids and the mirror initially possessed their parents. So it takes about 45 minutes to get that going with a few jump scares in there. However, wait, Mel, wait. That's only because the last hour you get two horror movies for the price in one. You're jumping back and forth between the climax of two kids with their parents being possessed and two adults in the real world trying to trying to convince each other and the world that this evil mirror does have a ghost in it. There's a lot of great stuff where the characters are sort of jumping between timelines. The last hour is absolutely magnificent. But 45 minutes to get there? Whatever. Have you seen a horror movie? Most of them take that long. Oh. 
Uh, 45 yeah, minutes isn't that long. <laughs> that's not that. That's not that bad. That's why I like horror movies that start off. Uh, it's true. Quick. Paranormal Activity took forever exactly. to get going, and oh my god, it was a waste of time. Exactly. It's not as tedious as that, and I'm probably exaggerating. It's probably like half an hour. I can do. And there are and there are scare. I'm not going to pretend that there aren't scares yeah, up yeah. until that point. There are obviously things setting it up, but as I said. The sort of climactic thing is is wonderful. It's is one of the best sort of uh, haunted house ghost story movies I've seen in a while. I really enjoy them. It's not perfect, as I said, rough acting, a lot of familiar elements, and a slow start. But once it gets going, it really works. I don't believe it's rated R, but it's not like a neutered. Um, it might be rated R, um, it, but it's not. It, yeah, you should check. But it's it's not like a neutered uh, J horror remake. There are it it is very intense. If it's not rated R, it's simply just because. There was no no need to have anything like that. It's very well written. The director, Mike Flanagan, uh, previously did the tiny, tiny, tiny independent horror movie Absentina, which was quite good, um, but sort of limited by budget. This one, he sort of had resources for the first time, did an excellent job, and I think he's someone to watch. And, it does uh, say rated R. It is rated R. On okay. IMDb, yeah. Oh, but that's an American R, so it could okay, be 14 so, in Canada. Yeah, so it's not like an intense, but it is It, it is intense enough. It doesn't feel like a waste of your It doesn't feel like a waste of your time. It's not like a horror movie for kids or something like that. But uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, I, like I said, imperfect, but really strong bit of work. So yeah, those are two really, really great uh, independent uh, films we're checking out now before all the big blockbusters take over the movies. So we are actually lighter on our rating systems in the states. What do you mean? Like you said, it's American R, so it's probably fourteen eight. Well, it's here. different because like uh, that R here means that because R in the states means that if you're with someone over eighteen, you can still go. Yeah. R here means if you're not over eighteen, you can't get in at all. So they often give the fourteen A to movies that we get to white R's. MP. AA rated R. Yeah. So, yeah, they often give the 14A to light R's as opposed to hard R's. Um, yeah, it's just because the MPAA is fucked up and corrupt and weird. Yes. Yes. Um, and the Canadian rating system is just kind of boring. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so that's that. Two really, really solid movies. Not, But neither one perfect, but both pretty excellent. Thank you, Phil. Not a problem. All right. Are we right. going to talk about what, we're, what we've been playing? Yeah, so you seem excited. Would you like to start this week? Yes, I am excited. I always like talking about what I've been doing. Wait, wait, wait. It's not Dark Souls again, is it? It's not Dark Souls again. Okay. I'm still playing that, but it's not. I'm not going to talk about it. Okay. It's gone. Nope. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've been playing uh, Elder Scrolls Online a bit. Oh, that's right. And I've been playing it a bit more until I reach the authorization issue. Oh, okay, yes. Now, um, for those of you who don't know, uh, the authorization issue is that once the, when the game uh, came to its actual release past early access, everyone who had a copy just could not play anymore. And what you had to do was set up a recurring payment plan before you could use the 30 free days that came with the game. That's, that seems but, underhanded. Uh, it was a, it, it's easy. a little creepy because it actually has to put a hold on the funds in your account before it will actually let you yeah, in. Yeah, so what do you... Will it it now, will automatically bill you when the 30 days are up, right? Well, yeah, it will only bill you when the 30 days are up, so, and it won't actually keep the hold for that whole time. It's only the hold is only going to be for a little bit. I think it's about an hour, a few hours oh, or so. So you can go in after that and make sure that it doesn't automatically take it out? Like, you can cancel that? Yeah, you can cancel it. Okay. It's just that's the only way to get in, and even I, with my review copy, had to actually try to do that. I actually didn't get... I actually wasn't haven't yet got it to work. I but, just wouldn't... It, if that's the case. Well, that's the that's the issue. Is yeah, that turn a lot of people could, off, right? That's the issue. Is that it? Like in my case, it wouldn't authorize because it just would not authorize. And for some people who didn't have that, didn't have the money in their account currently, they couldn't even do it because there isn't enough funds for them to put the hold on. 
That's still a little skeezy. It it yeah. It sounds it seems really paranoid. I understand why they did it. They've said why they did it. They're doing it uh, as sort of a security thing to prevent you know people who are just who are just getting the thirty days count to farm a bunch of gold and sell it to other people. Because when mean? I was playing the early access, there were a lot of gold farmers just advertising. It just filled the chat, and mm. uh, I can understand why they're doing that. But it's kind of paranoid, and it's kind of. It doesn't really inspire confidence, and it makes them feel like they don't trust their player base. Yeah, that's a little... Cause I don't, no other MMOs do that, right? Um, well, there's a lot of MMOs with subscriptions, but I don't know if any of them have actually done, gone as far as See, to nev- force an yeah, authorization. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Force no, an and it's... Uh, I, think, I think it's a really bad, pres- like a really bad first impression to yeah. set. We, we're living in an era when we don't have... Uh, when we don't have to have subscriptions, and I think... Subscriptions are an outdated idea that we, as gamers, as players, should not actually have to put up with them. They're, they're something where it's the case of we're paying a monthly fee to play this game. I don't think that's necessary. I don't think it's something we should put up with. It puts a great onus on the, ga- on the game to be amazing. And I'm not sure Elder Scrolls Online is, a good enough, is an amazing enough of a game to actually warrant a subscription. I'd rather mm-hmm. a subscription than, um, like, in-game purchases and stuff. Like, a pay-to-win. Uh, well, pay-to-win is not the same thing as microtransactions in general. Like, yeah. you get games... Like, I find Guild, War, Guild Wars 2, which is you just buy the game for sixty for the 60 bucks standard thing, and then you actually don't have to pay a monthly fee, and you've got microtransactions to buy more bag space and stuff like that, and where you don't need to. I never did. Yeah. But, um... And you got free-to-play games that have uh, microtransactions where they're not required. Like, you don't have get a massive uh, boost above other people. Yeah, I guess so. I just don't like the idea of that, like, you can pay to be better than someone who's played to be very good. No, I think that's absolutely right, because it, it feels kind of like, okay, I'm good at this game, I, got, I have this game, I'm putting the time in to get to get good at this and then some guy who just has a lot of money has just thrown it at it and now has like full gear and stuff like that I think that's a really I think that's a really uh, kind of upsetting thing because it makes you not want to play the game at all yeah but a lot of game companies actually have listened to the feedback and have actually done something about that and I don't know I don't I didn't see too many uh, microtransaction based stuff with ESO okay so I didn't see that element, but it is. But the whole subscription fee thing is something that feels a little outdated. Yeah. And in general, that's something that I am concerned with with Elder Scrolls Online is that it does feel like sort of an old school MMO from like the WoW era and from whatnot and whatnot, where it's just like you know, it's a bunch of guys in a persistent world. You can see them all moving around. You're all sort of in the same area, killing quest NPCs. So does the game feel sort of outdated then? A little bit, yeah. It it honestly, fe- I honestly feel like I'm playing a bit of World of Warcraft again, but in a good way or a bad way? Not in the necessarily a good way because I liked World of Warcraft when I played it. I enjoyed it, particularly when it got to the Wrath of the Lich King era, was where I stopped. But at this, but this feels more like kind of like classic WoW, and there's a few other elements in it that just that don't stand out like there's a few modern uh permutations in it like for example when somebody attack if you as long as you would attack an enemy at least once you get credit for the kill even if it's you're not in the group with someone else so it's not like they you kill it you hit the enemy first and you tag it no one else can get credit for that it's it's the case of anybody who manages to get a hit in gets credit 
and that's good. But, but by the time the game was like ending, nearing end, early access, where we were getting all the people in who were who had pre-ordered the game, uh, you were getting points where there were just all these enemies there killing all the NPCs, and you were waiting around for this one NPC to spawn while everybody was sort of clustered around, just camping it out. Fun. And that, that's really immersion um, that breaks immersion so bad, because it's the case of you're just waiting for. It's like. It's like if you're out there and you're buying a bagel and they're out of bagels and you're just all standing there waiting for the bagels to just magically appear. And then everybody jumps on the bagels, tries to buy them and all that. And it's uh, it's one of those experiences that just completely takes it out and it becomes tedious. Does it have the Elder Scrolls feel, though? They try to make it feel like feel in a lot of ways like Skyrim uh, in terms of just the general layout, in terms of the... Like the graphics are not as good as good as Skyrim because they kind of can't do that within it with a persistent MMO. Yeah. But um, they try to do that with you. You've got it mostly in first person. I found the third person was actually better than Skyrim in terms of uh, in terms of operation. Um, I found I found it, there was a little bit of weird stuff, a, bit, a little bit of weird things with uh, how the skills work. Yeah. Because you've got uh, things like. Because, you know, in this, you have classes. There's, there's like, a few classes. You pick your race, you pick a class, and you get skills based on your race that you can buy. You get skills based on your class that you can buy. I played a sorcerer, so I had Daedric summoning and dark magic and stuff I could learn. You also have skills based on your weapons, which include staves for magic. Excuse me. And, um, but the thing is, you can only have five equipped at a time, including, and one ultimate, and basically a potion slot. So you've only got, like, five skills available at any time. And I found that was a real problem because it's like I have all these abilities and I can't level them up because I can only have five equip at any time. And it has the sort of the Elder Scrolls you use it to basically get XP. Okay. Which, I mean, you get, exp- you get general XP for doing quests and you get a little bit of XP just for having it. But it just, it feels like if you've only got five skills you can use at a time, it really doesn't feel like you, you're fully using your things. And it makes you really feel like You've got to, you have to prioritize your skills right away, and respecking is expensive because you can't do uh, as, as far as I know, you can't respec just one skill if you make a mistake. You have to respect the whole thing, and you have to pay for every single one. And it's like a hundred per skill point. Yikes! So I'm getting the the, the hint that you weren't uh, overly impressed with it. I'm not. I'm 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 still finalizing my review, but I'm not having a the the best of times with it. I think um, it's not. I, I wasn't. I went into it and I was a little worried about it because you know you're trying to make this persistent work. This you're trying to take this game that was all about open world exploration and you're trying to put it into an MMO framework. And I don't necessarily think. I think they tried. There's a, exploration is a thing. You can just wander around. You find there's a lot of little stuff to find. It seems like the concept would work. No, like it, it definitely. It has all the the pieces but it sounds like from what you're saying it just doesn't fit properly well one issue that i had with it i mentioned on last podcast is that a lot of the plot elements for the main story are actually retreads of what ha- what oblivion's plot was because if you remember oblivion's plot was that um the emperor's dead and therefore the dragon fires are gone which means the daedra can come in so marune's dagon is just sending all of his daedra through to invade uh the land and you have to basically find the next heir to fix everything up and stop them from coming. Okay. It's basically the same plot, except for Molag Bal is the one in charge at this time. Takes place a millennium before? Uh, yeah, it takes place at the end of the second era, so 
Oh, wait, no, no. Centuries it's, it's before. A century before Oblivion, a millennium before Skyrim, if that's what I read. No, um, because Skyrim is 200 years after Oblivion, and this is about 200. 300 or 400 years. It's not a millennium. It's le considerably less, but it's a long period of a time. Long time. I do like the 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 retcon that it does create, where it means that Merune's Dagon is completely uncreative because he's kind of the the dumb, he's kind of the dumbest, most failure of a Daedra Lord, in my opinion. He's just this <laughs> big, dumb supervillain who blunders around, acts all tough, but he's all of his plans are these uncreative things where he. Essentially, his plan in Oblivion was, I will create a fan... I'm going to create my own universe fan fiction and make it a reality. That is what his plot comes down to. So I find it... I take a great amount of pride in the idea that Molag Ball thought of it first. <laughs> I mean, you've got a few problems. Like, I mean, Molag Ball is sort of an interesting, like, pure evil Daedra Lord. And, uh, I mean, they had, they've always had some problems with him because, you know, his actual purview is a bit, is a bit creepy... And they always kind of tone it down a little bit as the games go along to avoid some of the skeevy elements of it. You know, the King of Domination, right? Yeah. And early on with Daggerfall, they didn't beat around the bush. And uh, But um, no, the Daedra Lords are actually in it a lot. Uh, you do have a lot of stuff. You meet Sheogorath as, as a major thing in the Mage's Guild quest. And he is the same voice actor. Oh, that's pretty cool. Like, a lot of the voice actors are, the same kind of, are from the same Skyrim crew, that's a nice I believe. Little nod to the series no and uh, they did make an effort i will commend them for making an effort to try to evoke the previous elder scrolls game and to put some writing in i just with the execution some of it was a problem including some of the bugs i experienced where quests would break very easily like i had uh, at least one where, a, where an npc would just stop moving that's that's elder scrolls <laughs> yeah, well, that's Elder Scrolls, but the problem is, is with an MMO, you've got a very different, uh, you've got a very different time frame, you've got a very different QA uh, mentality, I think. You've got a much more emphasis on doing it right, and I don't believe it was the same studio that was actually doing it. I believe there was a different uh, developer for this. Well, at least the good thing is, is it's, it is a fairly new MMO, yeah. and these are the kinds of things that can be fixed. At least yeah. the game itself isn't inherently broken, right? Yeah, and that's actually an issue with uh, reviewing an MMO, I find, is that when you're reviewing an MMO, you're dealing with a game that is intended to be played consistently over years. Well, part of the... Mm -hmm. you, you have to look at it, too, as like, yeah, it's supposed to evolve and it's supposed to get better, but when it launches, it shouldn't have those kind of issues, right? In theory. But in practice, it does. In, in practice, practice, it usually does. In practice, most uh, MMO launches are pretty disastrous. They often have a lot of issues. When Guild Wars 2 started, there was no auction house. Yeah. Like, you couldn't... There was a lot of features that weren't implemented. Uh, whenever I first tried ESO, the mail server was shut down to avoid the gold farmers, I believe. But, you know, that is something you take into account. It's something that they really need to learn to get over, to, to fix, to make sure they fix before they release a game. And with, the, with how competitive MMOs are now and with the fact that we don't actually have, have uh, subscriptions as a norm anymore, in my opinion, you just need, I think you need, I think the bar has to be, has to be raised a bit. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, definitely. For sure. Okay. Thank you, Alex. If you weren't reviewing this, would the holding your money have deterred you from actually trying it out? Probably, actually. Yeah. I wasn't sure I was actually going to be interested in this. And I tend not to buy to buy MMOs at launch. The only one I can think of that I actually did was Guild Wars 2. 
and that's just because I had a good feeling about it, and that was around the time where I actually broke my uh, broke my prohibition on pre-orders. There's a few there was a few games I pre-ordered around that time, but it's mostly just the case of I was pleasantly surprised by that game. I enjoyed it immensely when I fir- first came out. The pre-orders have cool stuff. It's, it's never anything that's actually important enough. Yeah, that's true. And the problem is they can't actually do anything that would be important, in my opinion, important enough, because then people would feel excluded if they couldn't afford it right away or if they didn't have time. And also, I I will mention, too, that um, I believe next week there's going to be a sound-off about uh, the ESO thing. Yep, look for it on Tuesday, I believe it is. Um, One of those two days. CGMagOnline.com, and Alex will be doing a sound-off. But thank you, Alex. I'm going to give Cody a chance to talk because he's never on a podcast. No, I think, yeah, he definitely should uh, have a kind of chance. Have you Enjoy been playing anything this what week, What I've been Cody? playing? Uh, I'll I've give been, you five minutes. <laughs> I've been playing two games. Uh, Infamous Second Son is uh, what's been taking up most of my time on my PS4. All uh, right. I bought my PS4 not too long after launch, and it sat there for a very long time. I bought Killzone, Shadowfall with it, didn't mm-hmm. really like it, just kind of sitting there. So it's nice to see that I have a game that I'm enjoying. I think it's a lot of the issues from the series are still there. They're still very prevalent. And it's kind of frustrating that you're paying more than full price for a game now because they're $5 more. Than yeah, they're, they're turning into sixty four ninety nine. Yeah, so oh, they're, they're more expensive than normal, and it's not as refined as, as I'd like it to be. But with that being said, it's a lot of fun, and it's, uh, I, I, I love the neon power. I, I knew you were going to so that. cool. Speedster. I love, yeah, it's so fun. I like, I'm, I'm also going, like, for the, for the, like, a good side of everything. I used to, I used to always be evil. See, I think Phil's playing good side now. Yeah, yeah I am. I, I play these, I normally do good first, then evil, then evil yeah. second. I actually got the uh, neon power this week myself. Yeah. And it's, yeah, too much fun. I used to way, always way, way, go way for evil fun. first, but, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, if, I, I just, I, I thought I'd change it up a bit. I'm going for good, and, yeah. uh, I, always do I good love first. the precision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always do good first just because they kind of, like, write the story yeah the exactly one. the evil option's fun but it never really like that. well that's why it makes sense or anything yeah that's what i used to like about like the original fable like i could <laughs> i could be a jerk and it was still it made sense to the plot because those people had not i wasn't trying to save them it was all about vengeance mm-hmm. um the other game i'm playing a lot of uh i have a pretty long commute time now so mm-hmm. um i've been meaning to bring my 3ds with me wherever i go but i haven't gotten around to that yet um I have my cell phone with me all the time, and I play a lot of Crazy Taxi on my cell phone. And I'm not even ashamed because Crazy Taxi is one of my favorite Dreamcast games. Oh yeah, it's and one of the great games. Oh yeah, does it have? It's the actually ori- one of my favorite games ever. And does it have the original soundtrack? Yes, that was Beauty. one of my favorite things too. Because that wasn't on the PS3 version. And I was yeah, so that, I was I was really surprised about that. Um, the for those of you guys who don't know the the when they re-released it on you know ps3 xbox 360 they didn't they didn't have um sorry about that they didn't have uh, uh the the original soundtrack and um i am a huge fan of the offspring they're my favorite band um and i love bad religion um wow. actually i actually went uh to sarnia bay fest two years ago um, Did you go to Casino like, Rama last year to see Offspring when they were here? No, um, it was because I, I paid for the Sarnia tickets. I didn't know they were coming to Casino Rama, right. um, so I, I traveled seven hours in the pouring rain. The show almost got canceled because of um, like people were pulling over on the highway because you couldn't see two feet in front of you. Um, but we made it, stuck it out. It was awesome. 
Um, so that was nice to see that the offspring are back in there, Bad Religion's back in there, because that makes the game almost as much as the actual game itself. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I used to just play, uh, like turn off the music and, and play those songs yeah, it's on great. my laptop, because it just wasn't Crazy Taxi without it. It was as crucial as anything else. Well, even if you didn't play uh, the Dreamcast version of Crazy Taxi, you knew what it was. Exactly. And you could tell just by hearing that music what, was go- what the game was going to be. Something I really like about the... Um, about this mobile version, it it works very well. Um, you can have touch controls, which I've been using most of because it's uh, the tilt controls work. That's that's what I was going to talk about. The tilt controls awesome because you actually you're steering with your cell phone. Um, but the touch controls work just a little bit better and it's a little bit more refined. And it, it you don't slide around too much. It's not uh, it's not too hard to do, and it's a great way to kill time. You know. I've been getting a lot of class S licenses for now. your long commute in. Exactly, that's why I was saying I, I I was at getting I was getting a lot of class A's when I started. Now I'm uh, a class S, so you're gonna need a new game soon. Soon, but that's I'm hoping I'll I'll be more awake when I leave pretty soon. I hope I get used to waking up at five thirty, so I'll remember to bring my 3ds when I leave. Jeez, yeah. you getting up at five thirty? Oh my god! Gotta get to work. Exactly, I wanna. I don't roll in here until like eleven. I I want to work in the industry and you know you have to you have to suck it up sometimes yeah. when, you, when you want something <laughs> and then eventually you'll be able to come out at 11 like <laughs> someday i'm a zombie when i walk in but around this time i wake up that's what coffee's for yeah oh yeah I, if i didn't have coffee it'd be <laughs> you wouldn't useless. Want me in the, you would not want me in this office not His useless news stories would just be one sentence <laughs> you would it's not just blur, the, I, blur, it's not blur, just blur. i would be useless i'd be useless grumpy and just not fun to work with so yeah thank Think, uh, I thank coffee then. Cause. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm kind of enjoyable. I think <laughs> journalists swear by it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man. It's it's every chance when I was in class, everyone, every break, coffee. go to the Tim Hortons, and like we'd fi- we'd you figure out. Tim the Hortons right. close enough that you can go during break. That's when I was when, oh on on campus we had like mm-hmm. um one two three four just in one like not on like one campus i think there's more if you go into the i i go to durham college there's durham college and uit just in durham college off the top of my head there was four that i'd go to and i knew which times to go to which one (laughs) everywhere in ontario you could probably find a tim hortons oh yeah like you just walk down the street there's probably one there there's probably another one across the street that's starbucks now tim hortons is there are three starbucks in the span of two blocks near high park that's that's uh, a very Toronto thing. Is it? I'm, I'm out in the burbs, and no Starbucks. Uh, there's they're they're starting to show up, but it's still Tim Hortons. Every major intersection, there's Tim a Tim Hortons. Hortons. Mm-hmm. There's like the odd Starbucks and like inside of like a Chapters, <laughs> and uh, there's there's one, two now that are like just standalone by three that are like standalone by themselves in like the Ajax Pickering, mm-hmm. Oshawa area, so. They're starting to prop up, but I don't think people here, well, people out that way welcome it as much. Probably not. Oh, well. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Cody. Yeah, no problem. Phil, have you been playing anything of interest this week? Um, I play. I was playing some uh, inf- Infamous, um, like we just discussed, and I'm still inching my way through the Lara Croft Tomb Raider, and other than that, uh, no. All right, then. Thank you, Phil. And no I'm problem. still playing Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, and it's just getting it, yeah. harder and harder. Yeah, I told you, right? And harder. Yeah, it's such a pain. 
Yeah, but it's but amazingly you gotta, fun. You got to give them credit for making it that hard. Are you guys I, still doing multiplayer? We are, and that play just makes it hard. It does. You shouldn't be doing that. No, you're going to well, hate each other. I like that they've made it that difficult, though. Cause yeah. It's like, yeah. And those, you, and those games always were. That was part oh, of yeah, the staple oh, yeah. of the franchise. Definitely. That's yeah. the point. It has to be a challenge. It has to be a challenge. Because a lot of like 2D platformers always get dismissed as child games. Right off the bat, it's like, oh, look at the bright colors. Look at the simple gameplay. They get hard. Yeah. No, they do. And you can do a lot with a platformer, and it is about skill. It was, It is supposed to be about knowing how to use the controls, knowing how to get around, knowing how to beat every, to, to surmount every obstacle that comes in your way. And it doesn't it's not always fair. Yeah. But you have to figure out a way to get around the cheating. I don't know. I don't think I've played many like in the donkey kong series at least where i was like this game i I died because of the game not because of me even going yeah. back to like the the original like the rare ones on the super nintendo yeah i always blame it on the game it's oh, always yeah. their fault i no, i always Never blame did. it on my uh, multiplayer partner oh, i died okay. because of him that, not because of me well yeah it's him. always the other person's fault oh, of course yeah <laughs> sure mel but I, I don't know. I think it's <laughs> we blow we blow through lives like crazy. I always have to go to Funky and be like, yeah, I gotta buy some lives. Oh, you buy your lives? I I do now because it's getting a little difficult. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go stock up in 28 lives. And then if you both die, that's two lives. Yeah, down, it right? just saves after every level on that one now, so you don't really have. I to think do I'd that. have a pride issue with that. I have so many coins. Pride issue with just buying lives in the yeah. game. Yeah, I did too until I got to the stupid water level. <laughs> and I was like, screw it, I'm buying lives. Did you do the tornado oh, yeah, you level the yet? Water. There was some tornadoes involved, yes. But it was like in the, the savannah. No, I don't think it was a big tornado. It was like a, in the savannah area, and it's just little tornadoes that you come through. and you. So you haven't jumped down the level, you're jumping through the debris in the tornado yet. I don't know, I haven't seen that. But we're in the water level, so. You're on the water level right now? Oh, I hate the water One of my favorite soundtracks in the original one. The, the aquatic ambience. Oh god! And the, it's back now, isn't it? Because it, yeah, yeah, it's a it, beautiful, beautiful they, song. They brought back the original. It's a beautiful composer. song for a really evil level. Okay. No, like, that's the point. It's this soothing, so beautiful music, it, but you're getting angry. It suits the level so well, though. Beautiful music. Compliments. Angry so well. tentacles. Angry tentacles. Angry tentacles. While this happy music giant plays. squid octopus thing in the background trying to squish me. Yeah. And then there's just oil coming out of the bottom. I assume it's oil or abyss, something coming from the bottom. Like, it's a oh, good crap. it's a good uh, dissonance that actually kind of messes with you. It yes. makes me wonder though, um, this has nothing to do with the soundtrack, but when are they going to bring back King K Rule? Do you uh, think they will? I, I I heard something about him in Smash. Yeah, not for Smash though, like for an actual like Donkey Kong. Yeah, game. of course they will. Well, they got they can be because the longer they don't bring them back, the more of an event it is when they do. So you think it's only a, a matter you think of time. He's a big enough character that it will be an event. Well, when of he course, comes back. Well, they made he such a big deal about Dixie coming back, and she was only in two games. That's true. He's he was in all the uh, original ones, and he was always yeah. different in each one. He was a king, a pirate. He was a mad scientist, and then he was a king again. I think we were wondering what happened to the little baby monkey. That used to work with Dixie in the blue onesie? I was child abuse. I, got, I can't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. monkey child abuse? Yeah. Primate child abuse? All right, mm-hmm. then. I see. Okay. And I've also dipped my toes into Blaze Blue, but I haven't gotten enough into it really say anything about it, other than it's Did a crazy one- anime fighting game. Did you ever play the Wonderful 101 for your Wii U? No, I haven't, actually. Yeah. That. That, 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 that looked awesome. I want to play it, but um, the controls look too weird. It's really awkward, but you get used to it. Yeah? Yeah. That sounds like most of the Wii games. I really not, like Platinum games. Yeah, it's not perfect. It's definitely, it's definitely a flawed system, but it's, it's creative and unique and interesting. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's, Phil seemed to like it when he did the review of it. I loved it. Yeah. It's definitely very flawed, but it's a lot of fun. Better than being perfect and being really boring. Yeah. Who so wants that? It. Yeah, I tend to give games a little more leeway if they're trying something that I haven't yeah. done before. Yeah. But, I don't know, it just seemed, it seemed overly complex. It's yeah. It's not as it's not as bad as you think. I mean, like yeah. definitely there's a learning curve, but once you get the hang of it, it's not that big a deal. It's the only problem. It's like it's frustrating in that it's not as perfect as it should be for some of the attack commands that you want to do. But again, you just sort of work out the system. I mean, like you know, I remember playing games on the like original Nintendo and Super Nintendo where half the games had broken controls. Oh yeah, and you just had mm-hmm. to, and that was just part of the challenge. So I just I think we we're spoiled now, with two smooth games. So I'm I'm willing to uh, deal with some some garbage. I, I don't think creative. we need to ever return to Nintendo hard. I disagree with you on that. I I'm think not that, saying that we. Ooh, ha- I'm not saying that I crave that we play games with broken controls. I'm just saying that. <laughs> like, used to it. I'm just saying that like I can adjust as long as there's something cra- as long as there's something fun at the as long as there's some fun at the end of the tunnel. I'll figure something out. Yeah, as long as you have fun dying repeatedly, it's great. Mm-hmm. That's right. that's part of the fun, you know. You get a little bit further each time, <laughs> and then and then there's you that can... one that you get so frustrated that you stop progressing and you actually regress, <laughs> and you don't get as far as you used to go, and that that save point just seems like it's that far away. And then you yeah. just keep, you, you your pride takes over, and you just want to keep doing it. And then yeah, you, and then you get angry, and then yeah, and then you you just keep doing it. And twenty <laughs> deaths later, you were a lot. You you stop, and you're like, okay, I have to do this again. Uh, my example for that is Dark Souls. Is like I will beat this boss, and it's like twenty times later. Really, like, you use Dark Souls in this example? Oh, he's it's, calling you out. Oh, <laughs> we're, we're not starting this. Oh, he's just, oh, he's just mad. I don't watch his. Uh, it, it, you don't watch the movies he recommends. Yeah. Oh. Well, maybe it'll teach kids to try and try again in other facets of their mm-hmm. life. It teaches kids not to let their tempers take over. Yeah, that's not going to happen. They have short tempers now. Yeah, but you, you you let your temper take over, and at least whenever it happens in a video game, there's no real consequences. You know what? I'm 21, and my temper takes control You're sometimes. You're only 21? Yeah, I'm, I'm 30, and my temper college. takes over. It, I, I, I still live at home, so sometimes when I yell at video games, I get yelled at, and then it just makes the whole situation worse. And <laughs> <laughs> I could just see this turning into a comic of Cody sitting <laughs> in the basement. It's, it's, it's re- it gets bad. Like, the... Like I'll I'll yell and then like my mom will come yell down at me like don't yell and then I'll be like not the time and then it'll turn into a bigger fight. And... <laughs> Living uh... at home. Well, a lot of people make their careers on yelling at yelling on camera for yeah. video games. Like a lot of let's players are just people swearing constantly. Uh, rage quit. I'm just practicing my legacy. Two best friends play is my is the one I like. Two best friends play. I like Game Grumps. All right, Game I'm Grumps gonna okay. stop us there. You can, uh, well, thank you for listening to us. You can also catch us on the social media at Twitter at CGM+. I'm also Kicks and Chaos. That's K-I-X-X-E-N, Chaos. Cody, you have Twitter. Cody underscore Orm. How do you spell that? There you go. Phil? I'm uh, at that Phil Brown. And he's hilarious. So he's apparently pretty funny. He is pretty funny. He got like 60 followers in a day, and we're just like, what? I, Phil is popular. It was just because it was all my friends. I haven't gotten any followers since then. Don't well, you worry got about some good that. friends then. It's always good when your friends do it. Yeah. And, uh... Me, Alex. Uh, me, I've got, uh... I'm on Alexander B. Leach at, 
you know, at the Twitter thing. At the Twitter thing. Yep, whatever that thing is. And uh, mostly I mostly I tweet uh, just links to whatever I write, which is either the videos that we end up making or the various reviews I do. We should also do some personal tweets so people have a reason to follow you. I do a few. Okay. I do a few. Chat with some people, have some good times. Okay. All right. People follow me and want to talk with me. I'll, yeah, I talk no to problem. Cody. No. I do a lot of I, I do a lot of what he does too, but you know, every once in a while I'll throw out some fun. Well, you know, if, if I if you have that dialogue, you'd be more inclined to do it too. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of a it's kind of a self self perpetuating stereotype thing because it's like you don't say anything because there's nobody there talking, nobody shows up, and then yeah. I just do it so I can follow celebrities and stuff. There you go. He just wants to stalk celebrities. Not stalk. Who are you stalking? <laughs> Uh, right now? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't been on Twitter today. I tried to find Nicolas Cage. He doesn't have Twitter. He doesn't have Twitter? Nope. What? I was surprised. He seems like the guy who would have it. We had that picture up. That's why I wanted to tweet it to him. (laughs) The cartoon of Nicolas Cage is drawn by Joe and our whiteboard. But no, he doesn't have Twitter, so I couldn't tweet it to him. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, I wrote wrote an article about, uh, Bruce Lee. Uh, he was going to be in UFC, mm. or he is going to be in UFC as a playable character, and we were like, "Well, what's funny? You know, like Bruce Lee's funny, being in not not he's funny, but it's funny that he's going to be a character. What if what what other celebrity should be in there?" I Nick said, Cage. Nicholas Cage. And as soon as you select him, you automatically win the, the match. That's 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 how I. Would that's how it came about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can also find us on Google Plus. That's google.com slash little plus sign CG Mag Online. And of course, you can also follow our sister podcast, These Warriors Are Terrible. Find them on cgmagonline.com. The tabletop RPG awesomeness that is These Warriors Are Terrible and some great entertainment if you're into RPGs and into story. I think they're doing an Evangelion one now. Really? Yeah, I think Brendan, I think Brendan's in it. It's, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. If I'm gonna like I'm gonna take a look at it because I'm a big fan of the, the, that series, and I just I wanna... think you're right. It is. And it's uh, and I always am weirded out every time I hear about an RPG in that universe because it's not the kind of universe I'd expect to have RPG characters in because your your character options are limited to fourteen year old with issues. So Sounds like a great RPG. What are you no, talking about? It would be a great RPG, <laughs> but it's just the case of that. That's a really kind of weird framework to work with because that you you get some of the weird, the craziest characters and these warriors are terrible is always known for just all these people doing wild things and nearly destroying the world every single time <laughs> and it's just a absolute the ones i've heard it just always ends up becoming the most absolute disaster ever and it, it feels like some bad some horrible benny hill uh, comedy do you know when this uh when that one's supposed to be coming out i believe the first or first two episodes are already on our site. Yeah, so and isn't it usually it. Wednesday, uh, Mondays that they usually come up? Mondays, but I think it's every couple weeks. I don't think it's once a week. I'm not entirely okay. sure. Okay, well, you can always check. I mean, you can yeah. always keep checking back, and you'll see all the other They're stuff. They're hilarious, so check it out. And, of mm-hmm. course, you can follow us at Facebook. That's facebook.com slash comicsgamingmagazine. And also look for the issue, like the April issue, on shelves near you at Chapters Indigo. Or, of course, save some trees and some money at Pocket Mags. You can get us there. Was it? It's like $23 for 12 issues. Yeah, and you've already got the, your phone there, so you can just have that on the phone yeah, while you're phone, doing anything Yeah, phone, tablet, else. laptop, whatever. Yeah. Instead of playing Crazy Taxi. Yeah, you could be reading, yeah. learning you could do both. stuff. <clears throat> just read about mind. Crazy Taxi. Yeah, exactly. That's going to be my new project. <laughs> yeah, you can just write about Crazy Taxi. I'm not making any promises if that doesn't happen. Of course, you can also <laughs> find us at cgmagonline.com. Right now, we have an article by Renika as video games as art because the AGO has started putting video games into their art gallery. Yeah, that's, so pretty, that's cool. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It's awesome. 
She talks to the Hand Eye Society. So find out what she has to say at cgmagonline.com. And of course, there's tons of other great stuff, including Brian Calhoun talked to uh, Michael Todd from Electronic Superjoy about the theft of the Electronic Superjoy music. Oh, yeah. So check that out. cgmagonline.com. That music. I feel really bad that somebody stole that. Yeah. And then used YouTube's. Uh, YouTube's uh, flag uh, system to mess with them. Yeah, it's not good. But hear what Michael Todd has to say, cgmagonline.com. And thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week.